Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in Leipzig, the greatest club in Leipzig, the greatest club in Germany, and the rest of the Bundesliga. We are heavily biased this week, uh, but that's just the way it is. We're going to get right into it. I'm Chris here in the middle of Michigan, where the wind chill outside is currently minus 24 degrees. Most of the United States here struggling with deep, deep cold uh, freeze all the way from Texas with our uh, Austin Adler contingent down there. Just miserable. They're not built for this like we are up here in the north. Uh, so wherever you are in the United States, if you're as frozen as we are here, uh, good luck to you. We know it's tough, uh, but but we'll get through it. Spring is right around the corner. It's going to warm up a little bit. The games will get just a little bit more important. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about here today. Uh, before I introduce my co-host for this one, I want to I want to talk just a little bit about some news that broke today, uh, Tuesday, January 16. Um, Hertha Berlin, uh, um, the old lady up there in the capital city, uh, one of the most well-regarded clubs, um, one of the oldest, more traditional clubs in the Bundesliga over the years. Um, suffered a loss. Uh, the president of their club um, passed away today, very unexpectedly, 43 years old. Kay Bernstein, um, I don't know anything about him. I didn't this morning. So I started looking into a little bit. Uh, just everything you want in a person to represent your club. Uh, he was known for a long time uh, in the ultra circles there in, in the capital city and um when you go from ultra groups into the front office, uh, it, you know, sometimes it raises questions about where, where your mind's at, where your head's at with things. Uh, are you there for the business? Are you there for the game? Uh, he was certainly all about the right thing. Uh, he used his platform and as the president to look at things from more of a fan perspective, put the fan interests and the club interests a little above the business interests course it's all intertwined now but he criticized the dependency on tv money he talked about a salary cap and the excessive uh fees that are around the game right now transfer fees agent fees and all these things that end up ultimately getting passed down to the fans themselves so certainly a good guy gone too soon uh our thoughts and prayers here from half pod and our hosts and and everyone involved with the show uh go out to the hair to berlin uh, listeners, um, whether it's from our show or or just the fans around the world, uh, certainly something is tough to deal with. I'm going to bring in Garrett uh, down in Detroit. Garrett, uh, welcome. Before we get into the on-track stuff, uh, your thoughts on the feelings with Hertha. I know we've talked death uh, quite a bit lately. Just a reminder that, you know, the game is more about more than soccer. It's about who you watch it with and who you spend your time with. So where are you with that? Um, you know, it's one of those things I think we've talked about it when we've, uh, you, what you mentioned, we've talked about death and we've had experience plenty around us. I think these last two months, whether it's locally for us in our Detroit city community, um, Germany and worldwide with Franz Beckenbauer and now, um, with this news for Herford Berlin and Kay Bernstein, um, it's just one of those things where, you talk about the what he was known for, known to so many. 
for somebody, unfortunately, to, if you say in 43 years of life in the game of football, experience it at all these levels that he, that K was, ultra club president and everything like that, it's, it's a life well lived. And I hope that I'm looking at what Hertha were doing are doing in the table right now, and I'm looking at it seems like they're moving steps in the right direction. And I think you could say he was probably a big part of that. Yeah. And you know, that's something I, that that we've dealt with is relegation. Thankfully not recently, but in my fandom I've dealt with a couple of relegations with this club and as a fan, you sit on the outside and you say, oh, I wish I could change this. I wish I could change that. Uh, Kay, <laughs> he had the drive. He said, I'm going to change it. And yeah. that is something that, you know, they're moving up the table. Not that the table matters here, but you could see that his vision uh, for the direction of the club and reestablishing their prominent position, um, you know, in, in such an important city for the country and the stadium that they play in that hosts our national competition and all of that kind of stuff is, you know, it, it all plays into the factor of being part of Hertha Berlin. So uh, certainly a loss for them that echoes around the league. So my hope is, you know, all the, like I said, all the best to his family and those that were near and dear to him, um, to those at Hertha Berlin um, continue, like think of, what this man did, um, whether you're as the club in the front office or whether you are in the ultra scene and think about all the good that he did in his time and see how you can incorporate those things he would have done into your, in all everyone's daily lives too. Um, you know, cause that's in the end, what he would, what he would have wanted is to see the club that he loves near and dear. And even if it's somebody, a club that we will, you know, hope to get a better result in maybe two times a year in certain situations, you know, that they go as successful as possible because that's what he would have wanted to do. So, um, certainly all the best to him and all the best to his family on that and gone, but not forgotten. Absolutely. So let's get into the show here. Uh, we'll celebrate, uh, him by celebrating the Bundesliga here and, uh, certainly a lot to celebrate for Eintracht Frankfurt on the weekend, um, as we were discussing offline uh, with the rest of our Hefpod family, this was a gelding. The Eintracht Frankfurt went into Leipzig and just took care of the Bulls in the most, what's the appropriate word? It wasn't dominant. It was, it was, um, efficient. let me find a good adjective. It was efficient. That's, a- That's exactly it. Um, Garrett, besides the early goal, we'll get into that. There was no point in this match where you were really concerned about the threat from RB Leipzig. Uh, that's the last time I'm going to call them by that RB term because it's full of shit. Um, but they were sugar free. There was nothing sweet in this weekend matchup for them. I think we went into it a little bit confused, not sure what we were going to get coming out of the winter pause. Uh, we got all the answers we needed in the first seven minutes. Eintracht Frankfurt was ready, and Leipzig was not. Yeah, and um, to give a brief rundown, um, 
you know, we were wondering what this was going to mean for the um, Adler. When you look at, there were three players out on, you know, international duty uh, with AFCON right now. Our three, we talked about it at nause. We've been talking about it at nauseum for almost the last three months because we knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, Fershayebi Omar Barmush Elaskiri out on AFCON duty. Um, De Adler has responded already with two loan moves, bringing in Donny Vandebeek and Sasha Kalajic. Um, and Vandebeek and Kalajic already meshing into the starting lineup. We keep the team shape going of a 3-4-2-1. Trap and goal, two to clock, William Pacho. Back three is, you know, ever reliable. Dina Mbembe and Nkuku on the flanks. Mario Goza playing deeper next to Hugo Larson. And then Knauf, Vandebeek as the midfield two and Kalajic. Um, seven minutes in. Uh, moving from midfield to wide and just Niels, the vision that Niels and Cuckoo had on that ball to play it when he did. Um, so much open space in that moment. And then Einskar Knauf's in the right place at the right time. To, he didn't even take a touch. He one time that once he got it. So that's some, um, that was a great goal on the IQ. Like we talk about sometimes where, you know, you just like, how does this person see that? And how does this person know? It was just a good, telepathy feeling um but you want to know the thing that really impressed me and some people that may watch it that watch the match and like you look at the numbers of the game you look at like okay of all the possession airb had when you look at the the fucking xg stat um when you talk about all these things what they don't talk about is how easy it seemed for us to defend and i think that is something that I'm getting used to watching with Frank with Frankfurt because I don't think it, we've seen maybe since the um, uh, Nico Kovac days at least where we have a Eintracht Frankfurt side that's comfortable defending, um, and you know to be able to dig deep because the last 15 20 minutes is when Airby made some moves and we knew we weren't going to have the ball. Just be smart. Keep the game in front of you. Make sure that if there's a situation, Kevin Trapp can see it. And we did yeah. that. You know, there and, was a point. Uh, there was a point before we get to the late part, um, the early part, right after the goal. So, uh, first of all, my thoughts on that on that cross. Um, and Cuckoo just put a beautiful ball over there. I don't think anyone from that Leipzig defense knew where it was going. I mean, it, it was deep enough into the box where the keeper could have had a chance to come out for it, but it had right. enough pace on it that he wasn't prepared for it, and it got by the defenders before most of them were turned around. He crossed over the position of four players with that ball, and when it when it arrived at the foot um, of Ansgar Knauf, my first thought was there's too much bounce on it. He's going to Gasinovich that into the 30th row, because we've seen it before. We've seen it before. We've seen it. Yes, it was going to end up on the roof. Um, and it was, I mean, if you look at it in the slow motion replay from behind the goal, it was a hard pass. It had a lot of rotation on that ball um, and the, the first couple uh, bounces. And then the, the spin kind of died out of it. But that's one that usually gets sailed because he hit it as the ball was on the way down. You hit that with your outside foot you know that you get a questionable result on that. Usually it goes up, but he just struck it perfectly 
uh, went top shelf for grandma keeps that peanut butter. And I could not have asked for a better start. None of us could, but the initial reaction immediately after that goal was we got to get another one because there's no way that we're going to go 85, 90 more minutes with the extra time and sit on a one goal lead. We're not built for that, or we haven't been in the past. And we were fully expecting uh, a punch to be returned. And that just never came. What happened in the midfield? I thought Robin Cock was excellent on the back line. But was there something in the midfield that just took the Leipzig attack out of the match entirely? Um, I mean, if you look at the stats at this one, it wasn't like we needed Kevin Trapp to do all the work. He certainly did. They had eight shots on target on 31 attempts. Most of those were low quality. Uh, they were not getting the point blank looks that have killed us in the past. What changed over the break? I, I think, you know, I think it's one thing that we have, it's a different style of play a little bit with Van de Beek and Kalajic on. Because with Kalajic, we have a big up top guy who's willing to hold up the play. And I was impressed of when we had the ball in there to do that. And that allowed us to kind of spread the game out a little bit. Because I feel like when you have Marmosh and Shaibi and everything, everybody's so much on top of each other because there's a lot of fluid movement. Um, I'm looking at some next-gen stats on the Bundesliga website here. So let's. Um, I'm looking, for example, at the pass efficiencies. Uh, if you look at uh, RB Leipzig, Yanis Blasvich at a 1.43, Javer Schlager 1.28, Lucas Klostman 1.26, Dina Mbembe, pass efficiency 2.81. Um, out of the root, like a really solid numbers yeah. there. Robin Koch, 1.16, Hugo Larson, 1.05. Hugo Larson covered 12.7 kilometers, which is almost one more kilometer more than Kevin Kampel. Uh, Niels and Cuckoo winning 16 duels. Um, you know, we had to grind down. Like, I mean, RB Leipzig had 15 corners in this match, but we put the work in. We covered the distance. Um, I think what we knew is we have the goals. We had a, we had a couple moments. Mario Goetz is going to probably kick himself in the beginning of the second half. He got into the spot. He just, I don't know if his foot wasn't playing in right. I had the highlights on, but. Um, he just didn't hit it right the first time. And, you know, I'll commend Galtza in there, too, for playing a bit deeper. Role we haven't really seen him do with us. He's yeah. either come in as played as one of the tens or as a sub. So for the fact that he's cutting back in deeper to be an anchor right now without Scary being out is like, okay, that's like where you can count. It offers a little bit of creative dimension back there, but it also keeps guys like Knauf, Van de Beek, um, you know, higher up in the pitch um, and being able to make an impact. I'm trying to also take a look at some of the subs that came on for us. Um, we had four subs come on. Uh, Jens Peter Hauga, Yesin Gankum, um, our old favorite of the half pod, Kristen Jakic, uh, and Aurelia. <laughs> I have to laugh at saying that, but still. Uh, Aurelia Buta uh, coming on. You know, it was a do what you can to get this win moment. And I think I it was very apparent at the half, as we talk about subs, I think yeah. it was very apparent at the half that while we had a lead and that was nice, 
we weren't getting shots on target and we didn't get another shot on target the rest of the way. And right. it was very clear with uh, Leipzig that they were going to shoot from every angle they had possible. And yep. our defense did a great job. They didn't get shots straight on frame. A lot of their shots were from odd angles. And unless you're Philip Kostic, you're not hitting those at a good rate. Um, right. You know, 31 shots. Uh, I think we had 13 that were blocked by defenders, 11 that were wide. They had eight on target, which is great. Um, but another key point for me on the back end is Kevin Trapp finally looked healthy. Um, yep. We, we ragged on him a little bit uh, late in December because you could tell he just wasn't moving well. He wasn't diving for balls he usually makes a move for. Uh, but I thought he was excellent. He was in great position. He made a couple very big saves for us. And even though I'm disappointed with only getting one shot on target, the defense did enough that that's all we needed. Now, regarding your point about substitutions, um, I love the point at which – Dino put them in. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't wait till 75, 80 minutes, knowing that Kalacic and Van de Beek are new to the system. You know, they've probably done a lot of traveling recently. They they needed an opportunity to play, but they didn't need to run out 90 minutes or even anywhere near it. I thought yep. 60 was appropriate for both of them. Uh, Buta and, and Gomkam, uh both experienced enough to come in and fill those roles and, you know, it was nice to see the new guys out there, but it was a feeling out process. Uh, they weren't a liability at all, but they certainly didn't add much, I don't think. Um, but that'll change in the weeks to come. We'll expect a lot more from them. Uh, Christian Jakic back in the mix. Um, I was very vocal about my desire to never see him wear the shirt again. <laughs> and That makes two of us, yeah. I still kind of feel that way. But uh, at the same time, when he came on, I think he showed a good amount of restraint. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't hot headed. There wasn't a lot to be hot headed about in this one. But I think it was a very specific uh, instruction on his end that the leash is very short. So uh, good on them for giving the opportunity if that's what they want to do with him. And I'm pleased to see that. I hope it continues going forward. What did you make of Jans Peter Hauga for Mario Goza? Uh at that point in the match at 84 minutes? That's kind of a move for speed uh, more than yeah. it is, hey, we need a second goal. Um, kind of playing out of position from where he's accustomed to being, you know, that far back on the pitch. Um, but again, fresh legs at that point is, is all we we're really looking for. We weren't looking to play yeah. offense. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, it's a good sign that, I think there's some faith. That's it's a sign of faith because I really think about you chose Jens Peter Hagge, you didn't choose Paxton Aronson for that moment, um, you didn't choose uh, Makota Haspe, or you know you could have gone Max, you could have gone Smallchurch, you could have gone one of those any of those others. Um, but I think it's a sign of faith to like, if you get a moment to create, create. Um, yeah. If you get an opportunity, but focus. The main thing is here. Well, I think what you tell them is I look at it from this and. This is an opportunity that we have not been able to do as a club since RB Leipzig got promoted to the Bundesliga in the 2016 uh, for the 2016-2017 season is win a match there. Um, and when that's on the horizon, it is I don't care. It's 
you know, at that point, I don't care how, and even I'm hoping Dino's saying this, I don't fucking care how pretty it is, get it done. And right. the I fact agree. that this, and the fact that this squad, we've had, we've been, we've had some great talented squads over the years. We even had that. This isn't our a hundred percent squad right now, um, with our studs out, with you know some of our creative studs out. But the fact that we went into Leipzig in this situation and we got a clean sheet on the road and a win. That's a hell of a confidence boost to close out the first half of the year be, um, and get ready for the second half. Um, and you can wonder, you know, what does this mean for this squad moving forward, especially with some of the run of game matches that they have coming up that you'd probably be licking your chops at and seeing yep. where we could yep. potentially be. And we're going to talk about that down the line, what's coming up. Um, one last point about this match that I'm, I'm curious about uh, and how it translates going forward over the next few weeks. 37% possession. I think that's generous. Um, according to the half pod statistic zone, it says 37%. felt like less to me. Um, Leipzig is a club that likes to be on the ball a lot. Uh, and that was kind of our game early in the year. Is this a point of concern or based on who we're missing and our ability to go get the ball back uh, and who we're playing? Is this something that we should be concerned about or just a one-off thing? Let's see how it plays out over the next few weeks. I'm more impressed than I'm concerned because um, it is – I didn't think that we could win a game in this style from what I've been seeing earlier this year. I didn't think we could win a game. They were trying to be pretty, even when it didn't make sense to be pretty in matches. Now I'm now I'm seeing this squad being like, it's all right. I'm throwing the local term out here, grit. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about we made what- it. We made it 20 minutes into the show without mentioning the fact that our beloved Detroit Lions won their first NFL playoff game in 30 years, um, 32, 32 yeah. <laughs> years to be exact. That, uh, I mean, it's amazing we made it 22 minutes without that mention. But yes, grit, uh, the term that defines this Lions team, we certainly see that on display with this group. Uh, continue with your with your thought. Yeah, so I think it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, you know what, like, it's – we played at a good style. It's like, okay, they, you know, with Leipzig's got a lot of creative players in that squad too. Fast, creative players. I mean, Chavi Simons, uh, I mean, Sheshko, Opienda, those are a good three. Baumgartner causes, can be an issue on the right-hand side. And even their fullbacks and deep backs can be involved. So to go in there and be like, okay, just grind it and get a win. Um, I think it's a good side because it shows that we there's more they can play many different styles and get the results that they need. So is this something that I want to see us uh, like see this team do when we're playing the Darmstadt's Mainz's Colons of the world? Absolutely not. But for this circumstance when you know that's a very low potential possibility when you go in and you play like these the Leipzig's the Dortmunds 
uh, Bayern's, even, you know, like, I mean, obviously Leverkusen too. Um, you know, this is going to be, you're not going to have the ball a lot. What are you going to do when you ha- when you have an opportunity? They got, they took their moment. They struck early on. They dug deep. They hung on. They got the win. And they made me seem like made me feel like not Nostradamus after our last podcast. Even better because I didn't predict a clean sheet. Um, so they gave me the. I'm not allowed there, to I'm predict glad you did. clean sheets. So you know, I'm I'm saving the people this year. I haven't predicted a clean sheet yet. I don't think, and I I don't plan to. No, and I don't <laughs> plan to either. Just because I don't want to, you know, be the you know one on there. But the fact that they did that, hell of a job, lads. On to the next yeah, one. Absolutely. And we're going to talk here for a minute about how that impacted the rest of the league. Uh, looking at match day 17, uh, officially now the end of the halfway point. A couple interesting ones, um, a couple that helped in our favor, uh, but nothing really too dramatic. Um, Mines and Wolfsburg tied up. Uh, Bochum and Werder Bremen, Cologne and Heidenheim, and also Union and Freiburg tied up uh interesting one that's kind of a, a what are we going to call it is it was an opportunity for stuttgart to mm-hmm. say hey we're for real <laughs> they weren't not at all not even close uh gladback took him down three to one that is Garassi the one was um, yeah Garassi was out on afcon but the way that motion globach started that match was absolutely red hot Um, they let Stuttgart try to come back into it and Stuttgart had moments where they could have tied that game. They did it. Um, motion Gladbach put it away late. So that is a, that's a great win for them. Yeah. And we were talking about possession as an indicator of, of the tilt of the pitch. Uh, Stuttgart held the ball for 72% of that match only had two shots on target. So, (laughs) That's that's a little concerning there. They they've got some stuff to figure out. Uh, but where that brings us in the table is where it's a little bit exciting as we try to hunt down higher position in the table. Currently sitting at sixth on twenty seven points. Um, Dortmund ahead of us at thirty points, uh, and Stuttgart is in third with thirty four points but I don't think they have the quality to maintain that. It's been cute sitting there through the first half. They made it to the halfway point in the top three. Um, but, I mean, there's seven points behind Pyron for second. And if I had to pick one of the top four who we were going to have a shot to catch, I think it's them. I mean, we looked good against th- yeah. Leipzig, but that, that was a bad Leipzig performance. They're better than that. I don't see them falling. Opportunity for us, though, this weekend because Leipzig hosts the league leaders and Bayer Leverkusen. So um, what a win and a win for us and a Leipzig result that doesn't go their way again. We're three points behind RB Leipzig, who are currently three points ahead of Dortmund in fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, conventional you know, wisdom says you have to catch a team in front of you before you look to ahead. But that doesn't mean we can't look for help from other teams to take down those higher ones. You know, we'll right. do what we can one at a time. But it, when you're sitting in a European position and we're currently in sixth right now, you have to take the points that you have available. And our schedule is a little bit favorable here. 
uh, coming up, an opportunity to pick up points. And these are the matches that matter. You know, we lose to Bayern. We lose to Leverkusen, who's at the top of 45 points from 17 matches. Um, they've won three in a row. You're not going to catch them. We, we lost that in, you know, week five. But what we can do is play catch up with the teams one or two ahead. And if we could slide into that four spot, we have 17 match days left. We're six behind that spot right now. So the combination of our work and what others are going to do to help us out is a big deal. And, you know, it's one week at a time. That's coach talk. Coaches talk one week at a time. Players talk one week at a time. Uh, we are a podcast and you are a fan. If you're listening to this, you're allowed to look ahead. You're allowed to dream. You're allowed to, to do the math as far down the schedule as you want. Um, but let's do it realistically. We're, we're probably looking at five being attainable right now. And that's where, that's where my mind is. I would be happy if we can make it up to five. That's only three points. Now, if we can make that ground up on Dortmund, say in the next three to four weeks, then I'm willing to entertain for the last, you know, 12 weeks of the year. How are we going to move up to four? Uh, we'll start and five you know, could dealing even with that math yeah. when it comes. And I was going to say five can even be perfect, too, because, again, depending on how the Bundesliga finishes in the coefficient schedule for the new Champions League, um, five being in fifth may get us in there next year. It could be. Uh, that's not a fate that I just want to rely on. You know, no, nope. <laughs> I'd rather but it's also because that would be guaranteed. Yeah, but either way, anything better than seventh, even if you finish sixth this year with this squad, Anything better than what you finished last year with this squad, with this much turnover, is an impressive feat. But this team, this team got here now, but they can even – I think they're just starting to find themselves. So For how place. messed up things were in October and November, um, the, I mean, we deal with a roller coaster every year. And I know mm -hmm. people hate that diva term. Trust me that that term is earned and yep. we, we saw its face at times through the fall. Um, you know, we got knocked out of the Pokal by a, a lower sided club, uh, even though they played out of their damn minds in the tournament. Uh, but it's one of those things where, where I think we're where we should be right now at six. That is fair. It's probably more than fair for what we did to earn it. Um, yep. Now, how we respond with the new guys coming in uh, and there may be more, more blood coming in. We're not totally certain yet, but how we react in this second half, we've certainly done the right thing. We won the last match before the break. We won the first match coming out of the break. Uh, we've set ourselves up to come out hot. And uh, what was it? 20, 2020 after the, the COVID pause and, did we come out of that one red hot or was it before the pause where we were red? Hot? No, it was coming out of it where we just yeah. came out real hot. That's the kind of thing that I would love to see here. You know, rattle off three, four five in a row without points dropped. Uh, we'll get into the future schedule in a little bit, but I'm feeling good about this. So your overall thought at the halfway point, um, happy, fair, or are you unhappy? You know, I feel like, it's one of those weird feelings because for as much as we've been pissed off this season, the squad with this this squad and even now in the AFCON situations in sixth place, they a five one win over Bayern. Um, 
being take pushing Dortmund to absolutely throw the kitchen sink at us just to get a point. Um, I think it's impressive signs. I think it's a sign of like, hey, this group is finding themselves. Dino's finding himself as a manager because I think this is his first big gig as a head as a coach, head coach. Um, so I think all of this together, I think it's impressive. Um, do I think this team can strive to greater heights? Yes, uh, but that is for them to keep witnessing and doing. I think it's like like you're talking about that one match at a style at a time. Um, I don't want to say the popcorns, but you're on the, you know, you do this step, then you hit this step, then you hit this step, then you hit this step. And then you can start to see the progress you've made after each of those little things is completed. Um, where we're at after 17 games is impressive. Where we could be at after 20, match day 20, match day 21 can be even more impressive, but it's on them to do it. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, last note, because, you know, I can't let this go. Uh, as we look at the table, uh, are the usual top four, uh, um, the the ones that I thought were going to be the top four competitors going into the year with Leverkusen, Bayern, Dortmund, and Leipzig in no particular order, um, but a 3-3 draw against Dortmund. That's a point stolen. Yes, we should have had three, but we stole a point from a, a team higher in the table. Um, right. The 3-0 loss to Leverkusen couldn't have been worse. Uh, but that's expected. They're at the top of the table. 5-1 thrashing of Bayern and a 1-0 clean sheet against uh, Leipzig. We're playing well against top teams. You know, that's uh, you're going to drop points against the top teams. You want to make them up where you can. We've stolen some points from them. And that's yep. why we're sitting at six instead of, say, seven, eight, or nine. So yep. certainly uh, a good spot to be in, I think, entering the second half and especially with the momentum we're carrying now. Um, we'll get a little bit more into Bundesliga talk later. Uh, but right now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about toasting beverages and uh, what were we eating or drinking for the Lions matchup this weekend, Garrett? So I had some pizza before I went to uh, our dear our dear friend Ray Ricosi to watch the game and stress watch. Um, before the game, while I was laughing, internally laughing, I think I was sending you some um, very off-putting humor responses about everybody going off on the Dallas Cowboys choking again. Sorry to any of our <laughs> Aust- sorry to any of our Austin contingent that are Dallas Cowboys fans. First off, why? Second of all, sorry, not sorry. Um, but I was enjoy. I felt even like you were saying we were happy for the Green Bay Packers to win a game. Jason and Madison, congratulations! You got that admittance out of us. Um, so we're enjoying that. That was a great warm-up while it was absolutely cold outside. Then to watch the game, got to raise, because it was also Red Wings Maple Leafs Day on the phone. So had that going on. Uh, a couple glasses of milk, a bit, uh, some ice cream, you know, watched the Lions win, some black tea when I got home because, you know, yesterday was a holiday, so I had the day off. Apologies for those that didn't. Um, and now today... Um, despite, you know, Mother Nature and cold weather causing tire trouble. Um, I can at least enjoy the fact that I had a Popeye's for dinner. I currently have um, almost some little bit left of this large Dr. Pepper here. Um, no ice because it's absolutely cold outside and ice is not needed in the circumstance. Um, but, you know, it is joyous times for us. Uh, 
not just with the Adler, but in the state of Michigan. Hell, it even the Detroit Pistons won a game. It, I was going to say, the, the Pistons won a game. It was literally a perfect sports weekend uh, for those that live here locally. Now, anybody that knows me knows I'm a superstitious guy. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> if something works, uh, I have been known to not wash an item here or there. Uh, I won't get any further into it. But uh, I grew up a hockey player, and we are superstitious maybe more than any other breed of athlete that's out there. And um, so, you know, things started trending in a good way with the sports teams I follow, and Frankfurt took care of their part of the deal. And we moved into the the Lions part of the weekend locally. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't have any beer in my fridge that was brewed (laughs) in, in my beloved city of Detroit. I don't have any pop in my fridge that was, you know, do you brew pop? How do you, what do you, it, where, well, that was produced uh, south of Eight Mile. So I had to go on a little trip and I got myself some Atwater Dirty Blonde, which is an outstanding beverage for nervous sipping. I'm a nervous sipper, you know, when you sit there between every play or during a soccer match, like two to three times a minute, you're just letting it hit your lips because you just, you don't know what to do with your hands, you know, to quote Ricky Bobby and Talladega Knights. I really didn't know what to do with my hands during these games. The one zero iron track match or the Lions or whatever I'm watching. I got a nervous sip. Uh, so it was the Atwater Dirty Blonde. And then, of course, I had to have a non-alcoholic beverage, too. So I went down Gratiot Avenue to Fago and uh, Garrett, you know what the best blue soda or as we call it here, pop. Do you know what the best blue one that's ever been made is? So it's it's Honolulu blue in color. I'll give you that hint. So I've had the moon mist, the blue moon mist, which I sent you a photo of almost yeah. one year ago today. Um, did you have that, or did you have the one that still has the vintage Fago logo, the only one with the vintage Fago logo in 2024? Which I don't think I've had yet. Is it Arctic something? Right? No, I had the blue cotton candy. Oh, and nobody, nobody outside of the state knows what I'm talking about right now, but a, a soda that is cotton candy flavored. And when I tell you it is a treat, like it, it throws you right back to your childhood when you're four years old and you beg your mom to buy you the cotton candy and then you have too much and you have a stomach ache. That's the flavor and the nostalgia that came back from drinking that. And Fago comes in the 24 ounce. And everyone's like, how the hell do you eat that, drink that in one sitting? Well, once you hit your lips, it's so good. And I'm telling you, that cotton candy w- flavor is a perfect icing on the cake for a good sports weekend. I'm going to argue with you, though, on the color being a Honolulu blue. I think if you go to fago.com slash flavors, and we'll leave this up for half pop listeners to decide. Um, I argue that the Arctic Sun is a bit more on the Hawaiian blue. Uh, although Moon Mist Blue is also in there, um, seriously check out Moon Mist Blue. It's like mo- regular Moon. Mi- it's like think of Blue Mountain Dew, but much cheaper in this economy. Um, we literally that- just lost every listener who we had left. Why <laughs> Detroit? Detroit. So Detroit versus everybody. Okay. Yes, that's where we're at right now. Uh, yeah. So we've gone on way too long. Uh, but wherever you are, uh, whomever you're watching. We hope you're watching with good people, watching good teams, and just having a good time. Uh, we cheers to you. Prost. We'll be back for segment two in just a minute.
Welcome back. Segment two, Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, episode 298. Uh, 299 coming up next week, and then we're going to have a blast with 300. Uh, still in the works how that's going to play out, but there's going to be some voices that you're familiar with, uh, maybe a couple uh, guest spots as well. So we're working on that one for you for later in January. Uh, really going to be an exciting uh celebration of us everything that brian's put together brian's still around he's behind the scenes um working our our arms like puppets uh he'll be back on i promise you very soon uh he's busy himself uh we're gonna get right back into it though uh the frown are back in action this week kind of an awkward return to play for them not what we've been accustomed to in the past with coming out of the break in league play because they're in champions league uh, which starts again here in January, but we have a, a date to make up for the DFB Pokal. So uh, FC Bayern and Eintracht Frankfurt are both playing Pokal matches um, this weekend. Bayern plays uh, those fucking Offenbachers on uh, the 21st, and then Eintracht Frankfurt plays Freiburg at 12.30 on uh, Monday afternoon here, uh, stateside, East Coast. <laughs> Um, Nathan, producer here with an editor's note. That January 22nd game has been canceled due to weather conditions. It's been rescheduled for February 8th. Uh, so that that's an interesting one for me because it's an opponent we're familiar with in league play, uh, but it's the Pokal and anything can happen. And it doesn't matter how good your form is. It'll be interesting to see how they respond after a month off. Uh, they just had a nice camp in Portugal. We added a transfer um, with Japanese international experience. It'll be interesting how they work her into the play. So I'm kind of, I don't really know what to expect from this. I can't give a preview because I don't have any recent data to work with on it. Um, but I do think it's going to be, yes, it is at home uh, playing at Stadion on Prentabad. So an opportunity to just take care of business at home and move on. Uh, that's a round of 16 in the quarterfinal. Uh, there's two slots to be filled against Carl Zeitz Dana, uh, who we're familiar with. And the other one is Duisburg. And those are all on March 5th. So take care of business. The 22nd move on to the quarterfinals, March 5th. Garrett, anything on the Frauen Pokal? Uh, first match, we've played Freiburg already this year at um, Fry in Freiburg in, in Freiburg, the men's yeah. yep in the men's old ground, which you mentioned being there. It was one of your favorite stadiums, Stadia. Four uh, 0 win, if I recall correctly, for the Frauen that day. Um, it was, so, uh, you know, I think if they're ready to, if they're feeling right, and to be honest with you, um. The Frauen have probably been thinking of that Benfica Women's Champions League match a lot, which was on December the 21st, um, you know, because we haven't fully talked about it. I'll highlight it briefly here because we talked about – you and I talked about it because it was the day after the men come from 1-0 down in stoppage time to win 2-1. Uh, the women hosted Benfica, rolled throughout the game, but took the lead, couldn't get that second goal. Benfica get the equalizer. Laura Fragon's penalty's been saved. That was the game where, like, this is the one we wanted to get the three points in. 
uh, the Frauen have probably been thinking about that and have been raring to go. And the fact that they are doing, being able to do that a month later, I would not want to be in, if it's the way I think it's going to be, I would not want to be in Freiburg's shoes come Monday the 22nd. So yeah. I haven't seen a, a health update. I'm going to assume um, that no news is good news as far as uh, who's available or unavailable from Monday. Coming out of Portugal, I, I saw some of the video and the, the photos posted by the club. It looked like everybody was in action. Everyone looked healthy. Uh, just hoping that their minds are over uh, what happened before the break with Benfica and that they're hungry. Uh, because after Monday's matchup, we're right back into Champions play, Champions League play uh, just later in the week. You know, it's a, it's a short week. And, well, my schedule just – my computer just froze on me. There we go. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> just going to say, I can take it over action. because yeah. – um, uh, So, no, back in action um, against Barcelona, Thursday the 25th. So, exactly 72 hours later, you're back in action. Um, the problem with that one, too, is we're going on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and – we're make, trying to make up points here. Uh, after four matches, um, Barcelona sitting first and 12 points, Benfica at seven, and track Frankfurt at four. So in order to catch Benfica, we got some work to do. We need yep. a, assistance from the Swedes over in Rosengard, taking care of Benfica, a win at Barcelona. I don't know if there's going to be, be a harder match for years to yep. come. Uh, we have some success uh, as a club winning in Barcelona. Um, the men did it in 2022. January 25th is a glorious day already because it is my 36th birthday. Um, so I have a feeling that – am I predicting a win in Barcelona? Not right now. Give me a week. Um, <laughs> but I think we've seen this Frauen side – already react when they have moments that don't go their way how they quickly react afterwards this rough start to the Frauen Bundesliga campaign start rolling the loss the draw late that felt like a loss at home to Leverkusen in November great responses on that um you know I think that that Benfica match before Christmas is going to be a lesson in this is what happens when you don't kill a game off um, I don't think they want to make that same mistake again. Um, is it going to be one? Of, is it going to be the most difficult thing in the season going to Barcelona and trying to get something? Without a doubt, they're the best team in they're the best team women's team in European club competition and maybe in the world. Um, yeah. But there's a reason why we're in this position. So let's see what happens. And we played well against them in the first match. Uh, granted, it yeah, was we were up home. on them. It was an electric we atmosphere. I was stuck in the tunnel on the way to Canada, so I I was unable to see the goal. But I promise I was you, like I was Hera. screaming yeah. and yelling when 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 someone sent me the text, whoever it was, uh, I was screaming so loud the custom agents were looking at me. So <laughs> it, I don't recommend that. But um, yeah, I mean, we played well against them. That also means Barcelona is going to have their guard up defending their own turf too. So we'll get more into that one next week, especially seeing how they play Monday against um, Freiburg and the Pokal. I'm not certain about broadcast for that yet. Uh, I can see it for every other country as far as here in the States. I'm not certain 
Um, but we'll get back to you on that. We'll post it on the socials, join our discord uh, from the link at halfpod.com, and we'll certainly drop it there as well. Um, so then we get to back to the men's side, Garrett. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt at Darmstadt, Saturday, January 20th, 9.30 in the morning here in the East Coast of the United States, 6.30 on the West Coast, 15.30, the traditional uh, start time for the matches in Frankfurt and Germany-wide. Um, this is going to be interesting uh, because we didn't play a great game offensively, but we played outstanding uh, in defensively against Leipzig, Darmstadt, the bottom of the table, also a local side that would love to rear their ugly head against us. Six matches head to head, uh, four in favor of Frankfurt, two for Darmstadt, I believe. I think that was off the top of my head, but I think that's accurate. Um, is there a threat here? There's a threat only if we make it a threat and we make mistakes on here. Um, well, we tend to do that a lot. So Modi Diva, Launish Diva is Launish Diva. Um, I think now that the Dino may not need to tell the lads as much to themselves of like, hey, take this game from the beginning and run with it. Um, it is a great opportunity for us to uh, seed the gap a little bit from between sixth and seventh and eighth in that because seventh plays eight in Freiburg hosting Hoffenheim. Yeah. So the draw there is, would be lovely. Yeah. So to give you an idea of some of the matches around us in the table, like we've already talked about every Leipzig has to play Bayer Leverkusen in the lunchtime. Um, you know, you got uh, Bauchum Stuttgart, you got Heidenheim Wolfsburg, Mönchengladbach Augsburg. So you have a lot of teams that are kind of playing each other in nearby positions. Other than, I mean, and Bauchum's going to make it difficult for Stuttgart, I feel like, even though, like, because it's at Bauchum. So I think they'll try to make it difficult. But for us... Um, I want to see how Darmstadt reacts after their 3 home loss to Dortmund. They had a chance where they could have equalized early on at 1-1. They hit the post. I think that was one. And uh, then, you know, Jaden Sancho came on as a sub and set up Royce and, you know, it was lights out after that. Um, we get a goal early in there. We've, we get a goal early in there. We set the rhythm. If we get a second one early, I feel like we're going to be good. Um, this one is ours. It's this is ours to lose, but I feel like they know what's ahead. They know what they can achieve and what's ahead of them. I'm sure Dino is going. Just don't take this team lightly. Um, Darmstadt made it a little bit difficult for us in match day one. We weren't fully clicking yet. I think we're in a better place now than we were at the start of the season because we still hadn't completely sorted out our transfer situation yet then. Um, I know Milwaukee scored the goal on match day one. Was Lidstrom still with us on match day one, too? Oh, uh, I don't recall. Let me look, because I'm actually on the site. Um, so with that, I mean, there was still so, like, I'm looking at this side. Yeah, Cole Milani was on the lineup. Lidstrom was on the lineup. Um, you know, we had two players that are no longer with us, and – We've rotated since then, and we've made a thing for that. Uh, Kalajic and Van de Beek will be in the squad more. Um, there may be some more news. We'll talk about the rumors later on. But I feel good about this one. 
I feel, and to start this run of games which could favor us, we have to make sure it favors us. Doing that means going in there and being a professional side in a rivalry Hessian derby and just, you know, if you don't kick the shit out of them on the scoreline, kick the shit out of them mentally and physically, and you go from there. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention about the Leipzig match was that we dominated the physical play, and that's something where we're, we're a little bit faster and we're a little bit bigger than Darmstadt. Uh, the physical play is all they're going to have is trying to slow us down. So if we can outmuscle them while at the same time we're running past them, uh, we're going to be in good shape. Uh, it's interesting after uh, the loss to Saarbrücken, when all hell seemed to be breaking loose with losing so many in a row there, uh, three in a row, we've won three of our last four against Bayern. We won against Bayern, Gladbach, and Leipzig. Um, Coming from behind in stoppage time against opposition. Gladbach too. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Coming from behind in stoppage time. To yeah. beat Gladbach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and on the other side, Darmstadt can't get their head out of their ass. I mean, their their best result in that period is an away draw to Hoffenheim. So right. I'm not too concerned. Uh, honestly, it, when you look at their, their goals allowed, they're looking at 2.59 on the year as opposed to our 1.18. Um, that's more than a goal a game. That's a goal and a half per game nearly difference. So we'll have opportunities. Um, the question is, do we take advantage of them? Uh, and this is one where on the road, they got a, a new stand there since we last visited. It's a renovated stadium, which used to be a piece of shit. Now I'm looking at the photos and it kind of looks rather charming. Um, that being said, you go there to take care of business. You're not there to sightsee. You're not there to say, oh, this is a lovely. I love what you've done with the place. You put nice drapes over, you know, you put lipstick on a pig. That's lovely. Uh, we're there to beat your ass and take three points back on the train to Frankfurt. Um, what do you think prediction-wise? Um, you know I ain't predicting a clean sheet. Not going to do that. Um, it's funny you were talking about putting lipstick on a pig because immediately I thought about um, watching being in Texas a couple years ago in the great city of San Antonio and watching the end of Arkansas LSU SEC basketball tournament. Woo pig, woo Darmstadt <laughs> one. I track Frank for two. Um, I hope it's more than that, but I don't want to be that arrogant of an asshole considering that we also, you know, there's a lot of opportunities this weekend for us to have reality come back and bite us. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the Austin contingent that took such good care of us there. I mm -hmm. hope this one ends a little bit different. That was kind of a weird, weird one. Um, I, you know, I, I was just bragging earlier about how I haven't called a clean sheet this year. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see how we don't end up with a clean sheet. I mean, we're at a, oh. we're at a position here where our defense played one of their better games in a very long time. Um, we can score goals. I'm not worried about that. Um, on the other side, Darmstadt is, you know, scored 20, 20 goals through 17 matches. So if we can top, you know, one point, I'm not a math guy, one point something goals a game, we're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. I'm calling the clean sheet. It's going to be 2 0. 
uh, we'll get one early and we'll ice it right around the midpoint. You know, if you want to go get some some breakfast tacos from Torchies or something at halftime, go ahead and do oh, that yeah. because the second half is going to be a snooze fest. We're going to shut them down two uh, nil at the half, and from there, just put it on the defense. Who's your goal scorers? Um, you know what? I kind of like Ansgar Knauf again. Uh, I think his experience now, he's been with us long enough. And with the guys that are missing, it's an opportunity for him to kind of display his speed over on that side. And I like the way he did it once. A nice run from him. And you know what? I'm going to call on somebody who hasn't scored in, I don't know, he probably made a revolution around the sun since it happened in Mario Goza. The old goat is due for a match where he just says, Hey, don't forget about me. I'm not done yet. Um, he hasn't been horrible. That's the thing. Right. But he hasn't been the goat said that we were expecting for what we're paying the guy. So right. I, I, th- I think he's aware of that. He's a veteran. He's been around long enough. He's not hearing the outside noise. Uh, but I certainly think there's something in him that wants to remind people he's still around. So canal and goats are my scores. What about I'm you? I'm going to go. I am going to go one of the new boys. Um, I know he left training early today, but I still think as of right now, he's going to be playing on Saturday. Um, give me Sasa Kalajic. Um, welcoming back life in the Bundesliga with a goal. Um, Donnie may get a assist or something like that. Cause I think, I don't know if Donnie is going to be so much of a, then to be going to be so much of a goal scorer for us as helping create some moments and some good work ethic. Goal number two, do I want to go Einskar Knauf or do I want to go on the Dina and Bembe train? Um, Dina and Bembe, um, Dina and Bembe, we've talked about can be somebody that he pops off on and off with his stats and his goals, but he's got three goals in Bundesliga. As much as he hasn't, we've talked about where's he been at. He's got three goals in the Bundesliga. I think he also has three something goals or more in Europa Conference League. So the guy's getting goal, like the guy's making performances. He gets one. Um, those are my two for that. Um, Chris, if people want to uh, bitch and vent at you for co- predicting a clean sheet, let us know. Tell them where they can find you to direct their complaints <laughs> at you. At. Uh, find me on X, Twitter, Instagram at C in the D three one three. Oh, you know what? That's not my Instagram. I found that out this week. My Instagram is different than I've been calling it for several years. So I'll figure yeah. that out for you later. But uh, yell at halfpod.com because that's where you can yell at all of us. Give your feedback on the show. Garrett, where are we finding you? Uh, you can find me Twitter and Instagram um, and Discord at GM Comats, K-O-M-A-T-Z. Um, Facebook, Garrett Comats. Uh, I track Frank for Detroit, parentheses Detroit SKA, uh, at Detroit SKA. No watch party this week. It's cold. Um, <laughs> we're going to no do something. No one's leaving the house. Detroit City women play later on that night. I'm not going back and forth twice. Um, two weeks from now, be, we'll, we'll give you details for because there's a 1230 game against Coon. Um, but until then, watch with those near and dear or in the confines of warm. Um, all of that and also forward down the fucking field. <laughs> if the Lions win this weekend, uh, Garrett and I will not be on the next episode because we will not have a voice uh, to speak again for a long time. But, uh, of course, you can get in touch with the show 
on halfpod.com. All of our socials are linked directly there. You can listen to this episode, obviously. You can listen to prior episodes with some of the great guests we've had. Uh, We're working on a couple more with another uh, Bundesliga podcast that you've heard frequently here that we'll be talking to again soon. Um, And, of course, we thank Nathan in St. Louis for his great production work. We apologize for all the bad audio we send him every week. And we appreciate you guys listening to all of our babbling on and on about all things Detroit, uh, but more importantly, all things Bundesliga. Uh, We really appreciate your feedback. Um, Please like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. And of course, on match day, uh, if you can't be in front of the TV, follow on halfpod.com at the Statistics Zone for live scores for Frankfurt and every match around the Bundesliga, Bundesliga 2, uh, the Frauen Bundesliga, the Pokal, all the good stuff um, can be found there at halfpod.com. So again, we appreciate you listening to episode 298. We will talk to you again next week with episode 299. Until then, cheers. It's, it's Honolulu blue in color. I'll give you that hint. Hey, I'm